Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve McNamee. My other host, Charlie, how are you? Bum, 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 ba, da, da, da. Free shoes. Uh, yeah. Uh, got that guess right. Celebrate my prediction. Come on. Galen Rupp got me those free shoes, y'all. Yeah, no, that I guess that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Bum, ba, da, da, da. Free shoes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, as, as discussed previously, and many of you probably know this because it's, it's uh, been over the, the Facebook, uh, Runner's Buds Facebook page, and uh, mine and Charlie's and anyone that knows us, but uh, there's been a contest that uh, gave away free shoes. There was. I did a fundraiser for my daughter. She's doing a fundraiser. Well, let me back up. Um, she's doing a fundraiser through her school for the Chemist Society. Anyhow, uh, I decided I would do this shoe giveaway. And long story short, Charlie won the shoe giveaway by guessing the winning time of the Olympic marathon trials. And Charlie, I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, it, this is probably the biggest controversy uh, the Running yeah. Buds podcast has ever had uh, since somehow they think some seem to think that I should not have been eligible with my guesses. But uh, how about you explain how this was not an inside job? This was not fixed, Steve. Well, that, that legitimately yeah. won these shoes. Fairness was a big part of this because uh, I, I was I, I found myself in the unenviable position that uh, I knew enough people that. If somebody I know wins, then it's it's, it's I'm gonna have to explain it away. So, I uh, I was ready for this eventuality. I didn't know it was gonna be you at the time, and actually my son was very close to the winning time, so that would have been even more of a task to explain that one away. But I did screenshot your text, and I'm sure you saw that. Yes, yes, yeah. Literally, less than thirty minutes before the deadline. I put in one more submission. I had four total submissions, so mm -hmm. I was yeah. definitely, you know, really trying to cure cancer and just happened to get the right number. But, um, but yes, you also published the full list uh, before the uh, before the trials, and yeah. also, did you or did you not give anyone who participated access or? visibility to the times that were guessed at that point no the list was top secret and in fact i asked for it and you said no <laughs> well <laughs> i i was asked i publicly times. i publicly asked for it on the facebook <laughs> and you said no <laughs> well i was asked more than once you know is is such and such a time available and i'd have to say well no i mean i can't say because if I say that, if I say it's available or not available, then it's easy to undercut because because it's the closest without going over. So there was uh, it wasn't like time one second. the the only thing you really could have done uh, by publishing the night before that that could have helped somebody is show them the list beforehand, which yeah. you did not. But even if you had, that was a tight window. I would have 
would have pit because I was only off one second and I made it in my little three or four second window. So, um, yep. All these uh, many entered, uh, only I won, and all complaints can be just sent to our email. And uh, we'll, we're going to junk those mails, though. We're not going <laughs> to read them. Right <laughs> into the spam folder. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. I am happy for you. Yes. Um, now you have presented me, though, with a little bit of a dilemma because I have publicly stated a few places, but most notably here, that uh, I am training as hard as I can for this upcoming Boston Marathon. Boston, I, yeah. am, I am bound into, and determined to give my best effort and really shoot for a PR, which I haven't been able to do in about four years in the marathon. And I stated with our guest, Janelle Zick, that I would not wear as I call them, cheater shoes to Boston, that I was going to try and do this without carbon plates because really I want to know if I can beat my own personal time with the same technology without the, the boost that these shoes are. So I bought some Kinvaras about a month or so ago. That was what I planned on racing Boston in. That is what I still am planning to race Boston in. And you had stated, at least on Facebook, that you wanted to get me these shoes so I could get my victory picture. However, I'm wondering if you can work with me a little bit here, Steve. I don't even want these shoes tempting me until after Boston, which is a month and a half away, over a month and a half away. All right. Yeah, well, let me let me chime in at this point. So the name of the game, that, for marketing purposes, funny enough, I, I, I named it vaporize cancer and uh i believe your friend scott was he's the way i I've been, i had so many messages but um i believe it was scott that <laughs> send uh he sent me a message that never uh, heard of him <laughs> no? just kidding scott's what no scott is scott is a very good running bud of mine here in okay. utah i, I run with him okay. Several days a week, yeah. The only reason I'm I'm wishy-washy on the name is because I had so many messages from people that I, I don't know very well. And so I had a lot of communications with a, a lot of our friends from the, the Running Junkies uh, um, Facebook page that we joined by accident, and their help was very much appreciated in this campaign. Um, but uh, when, when Scott used the term uh, vaporized cancer um i had forgotten that's what i named it and i just thought that was fa that's fantastic i love that and he kind of threw back at me like yeah that's what you called it your first post so i felt like an idiot but um getting back to the point it was it was marketing in that the vapor flies were the shoes that were like the maximum prize i was willing to give so you don't have to take vapor flies they're they're kind of polarizing shoes i know that to be true they're, they don't work for everybody, to be honest. So um, absolutely, I'll work with you on this. Okay, good. Because if we, we wait till Boston, my next race is in June. Mm. And if you're willing to wait till about May, you know, that's two months away. I mean, the technology in the shoe game right now is just at a neck-breaking speed because all the other companies are just trying to catch up to Nike as fast as humanly possible. So uh, Saucony might have something just as good uh, by then. And I might lean towards that brand uh, so as to not be 
have the same exact shoes as, as a bunch of other people in, in whatever race. So I, I, as, as you probably picked up listeners, I, I kind of go like to go against the grain every now and then and uh, not go with the most popular way of doing things. So the idea of getting cheater shoes that are not by Nike is, is a bit more appealing to me and it might save some money, which would probably uh, I'm, I'm asking Steve would just go back to the, the, the fundraiser itself, the cancer research, right? So indeed, indeed it would. Yeah. So if I actually found some more affordable shoes than uh, the pricey vapor flies or next percents or whatever they are, um, I could just, uh, I could de- do even more with my, uh, with my podium here as the winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe I can vapor fly. I believe I, I guess I it's not better I'm... than everyone else. <laughs> Goodness gracious, how long is this going to go on? Um, I have to admit, I am a little bit of a shoe junkie. I, I love shoes. I, I I have way too many shoes um, on my rack as it is. When you walk in my door, it's it's constantly a mess. Of... Um, you're 100%. Most brands, major brands are coming out with competitors to the Vaporflies. Um, and the IAAF ruling on the vapor flies, or, or I'm sorry, really it applies to the alpha flies, the next generation of alpha flies or vapor flies. Listen to me. Um, you can wear them legally. The, the alpha flies, the vapor flies, all of Oh yeah. Flies. I realize, <laughs> I realize the Nike doing, legal now, doing yeah. air quotes are legal. Um, it's legal. just, I don't know. Every other a-hole in a start Ooh. line has the vapor flies. I'm sure if Saucony can make the same technology, I'd just rather have shoes a little bit different than what everybody else around me is wearing. So, that... Well, one of the rules had, was that the shoe had to be publicly available by, and I forgot the date. Yeah, but come on. But Saucony, like Hoka, like, they're all going to make sure it happens. So I'm not worried about that. Well, Lockheed's original date was July 1st, and they moved it up to. Of course, they did. So that they would be able to go. And they're gorgeous shoes, by the way. The, they're called Endorphin Pros. They're they're beautiful shoes. I will so, not mow the lawn in yeah. them. <laughs> okay, Steve. So let's talk about the trials themselves. Right. Uh, I know you watched them. Tell yeah. tell tell the people how you watched the trials. Yeah, here in Toledo, we had a we. I'm saying we as if I did it. Uh, there was a watch party hosted by a, a local running shop, Dave's Running, which generous, generously, very generously donated um, race entries, and uh, through them, Saucony donated two pairs of shoes additional to what I was doing for my daughter's fundraiser. So that was fantastic. Huge shout out to Dave's Running Shop for that. Um, but there was a watch party here in Toledo. And I would say, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 people showed up. Wow. I mean, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, and it was fun. Um, you couldn't hear anything. So there was some closed captioning, but to see, have, be with that many people watching people run on TV and actually be excited about it was, uh, was quite an yeah, experience. Yeah, because there was local representation as well. Not only local representation, but screen time by local representation. Yes, there was. Yeah, there's a, a runner named Evan Gaynor, and uh, he's this is his second trials, and he made a run for the front pretty early on that I believe is 
not entirely planned, but it sort of happened by just circumstance. And uh, yeah, he got some pretty good network time. I took a picture of my TV because I, I watched it at home and I sent I sent you a yeah. couple of blurry pictures that I ran up to the television and took uh, and sent to you right away. And you said people were going nuts oh, at, the, uh, at the bar, right? Yes, they were. They were going nuts, and uh, I think the uh, that was that was almost as big of uh, an applause as uh, Trump getting booed when he interrupted the. Oh the my gosh! Yeah, I had to. Very. I had to switch. Luckily, I was watching at home, and we have a Roku that. Um, luckily, I already had NBC Sports sort of set up as a channel, so I was able to switch to the the app. Uh, but the only thing is, it was like delayed two minutes so i actually got a text so uh giving away that i i i won the shoes before i saw it actually happen so that that took a little oh, bit okay. of the momentum out of it yeah yeah so <laughs> it was still very exciting i still i didn't have a rolled up newspaper next to me to to slap my own rear end and yell uh at uh gallon rup as he finished uh, as if it was a horse track or something but uh i was definitely up and dancing and tell him okay just ease on in ease on in because he did let up a little bit at the very end with a little celebration that really confirmed the the time for me but yeah yeah once even better if i hadn't gotten the warning but the uh overly cooked potato came on the screen and i had to switch over and (laughs) was was the text for me no it was from my buddy tyler he sent me the time of the win and was a second off of what i picked and i knew that it was in my window so of course nothing is for certain until you know you see it see it but no i saw it live before you sent me the text that not official yet, but looking good for me. Yes. Yeah, that was um, – I, I have no memory of when I sent that. But then I'm always nervous that, you know, the first posted time is going to change and and multiple people will be claiming victory. And uh, this this is really a scheme I hatched. So I, I guess it was fraught with danger and in the end oh, of it's like out, at the horse but, track when everyone throws yeah. down their losing ticket and you find out the horse got disqualified and everybody's scrambling on the ground to find their – ticket that they got <laughs> yeah yeah the little red inquiry sign comes on at the, at the track i was Same never thing. worried though because you know some people are just destined for greatness steve and uh that uh i know a lot of people did a lot of research going into this race really for me it was just i had some somebody venmo me money so it didn't really feel like i was paying anymore to to do one more pick and 209.19 just mm-hmm. sort of popped into my head, and I shoop, sent it on off to you. And look at me now, top of the – Look at you now. Now, before we get to the yeah. trials or back to the trials, did you do any research? No. No. I, uh, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I watched the trials last year. I know about what the winning time is going to be. I did four different entries. I think my first one was a 211-something. I had a 212-something. Uh-huh. Cause they do generally end up being slower than you expect just cause you don't need to win. Right. And honestly, there's yeah. no East Africans, at least no 
East African citizens anymore that are, uh, that are running it that are really usually the ones that win and have blistering fast times. These are exclusively Americans. It's the U S trials. Uh, so I knew it wasn't going to be crazy fast, but, uh, I did do a two Oh seven one. And I think I even told you that's like my $1 Bob, uh, guess just in case something crazy happened, which ended up a big yeah, window. Yeah. I had like a 30 second window if it was a 207 something, but that was obviously with the 15, 20 mile per hour wind at the trials. That wasn't going to happen. Uh, and then I just last minute, I knew I had a seven, an 11, and a 12, just a nine seemed all right. So I kind of spread out a few picks and that one came through. Yes, it did. Well done. I have to, my hat's off to you, Charlie, for that. People. Now, did you have anybody locally on your end? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, well, Jared Ward is, of course, the big name. He's from Kaysville, yep. which is like a 10-minute drive from my house. Uh, he doesn't live there anymore. It just must have been where he grew up or whatever. Uh, teaches at BYU down in Provo. It's about 45 minutes south. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never met him or seen him out running, but you know, it's always kind of a talk at the town amongst runners about seeing him out or uh, he's done some local races. Of course he wins tremendously. And um, everyone I've ever known that's talked to him though, has said he's just as sincere and um, nice and cool of a guy as he, as he seems. So uh, I was pulling for him, just felt a little bit of a local connection. Uh, There might've been, I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, for sure. Though. You got to give props to that. Mormon one. mustache. How do you not pull for the guy? Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this ever, but the first time I qualified for Boston, um, usually winter training, I when it's cold, I'll, I'll keep kind of a beard and a mustache and uh, shave it off before the marathon. And um, the night before the marathon, when I went to shave the beard, I, I, I left the mustache as a homage to Jared Ward. Yeah, I mean, Prefontaine is the, the OG mustache distance running guy, but uh, Jared Ward's definitely brought it back in a, in a great way. Um, so, yeah, I was pulling for him, and he didn't have the best race, um, so that was unfortunate. Uh, a girl I've actually run with a few times who also lives in Provo, well, I don't know if I don't even know where Jared Ward lives, but he works in Provo at BYU. Uh, but Emily Barrett is she's um, she's a girl that runs with the Runners Corner team, who I who I used to train more with when I had more flexibility. But anyway, she uh, she ran in the trials, um, had a, had a decent race. I think she she started. I was looking on Strava. She started real fast and then kind of blew up um, towards the end. But but she's got like a one and a half or two year old. So just even making the trials um, is incredible. And, and she ran well. Uh, there might, there probably is more, far more Utah people, general area, but um, none that, that I knew of. Uh, but Toledo had a second one that was very front and center. Well, not quite front, but center and on screen a lot. Uh, Samantha Blusk Palmer. Am I saying her name right? Yes, you are. Yeah. And uh, she has Toledo Root. She's now in Alabama, I believe. Uh, yeah. Almost certain she's, she's now in Alabama. But uh, yeah, she had a lot of time up front. 
there was also Mackenzie Chinovsky, a very good runner from around here. This is her first time at the trials. Uh, nice young lady, fun to run with. I've run with her a few times and, uh, yeah, I'm just, that's, that's just the cool thing is how many, how many people we know. It's kind of like the, the citizens race in a way it's, it's our chance to rub shoulders with greatness. And it, there's few sports that are like this, that, that we know the people we're watching on, on NBC. It is the top of the mountain for an amateur runner. Um, you know, Boston is a huge threshold. I think once you qualify for Boston, you're like, that's kind of separates you from somebody that runs for fun and somebody who runs to really competitively you got to work pretty hard or have a tremendous amount of talent or really kind of combination to uh to qualify for boston in my opinion it doesn't just happen but then um the next level the the biggest threshold i think that really separates you as sort of just an outstanding runner and and not necessarily good enough to make money off of it or anything is um is the Olympic trials. So that was what something that really kind of stood out to me just because you have to run so fast to qualify. Uh, the guys have to run either a 219 marathon or a 105 half. The women, I know it's a 245 full. I'm not sure what their halftime could be to qualify, but just blistering fast times. Um, and to see just hundreds of people, all Americans, you know, doing that, just knowing that they all had to do that just to be at that starting line was, was really just kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, it was. That is. All right. The yes, winners. the winners. You want to talk about the men first? Let's talk about the ladies Let's first. talk about the ladies. All right, our top three. I apologize for butchering these names. Alphine Tillamook, Molly Seidel, and Kelly Kipiego. Uh, I was pulling for Des Linden. She was a Boston oh. winner. Was it just last year or the year before? No, that was the 2018 monsoon. That was the year uh, I was there. Yes. So she won that one. Just the crazy winds, crazy rain. Uh, just a tough, tough runner. She never gives up. Uh, she made the Olympic team last year. She had a shot, I want to say, at a medal uh, in the Olympics. You could never count her out just because she just – She's often described as a grinder, um, and that's just how she is. Like I, I was watching it, just like, oh, Des isn't going to get in. That's too bad. But you can't count her out because she just keeps plugging away like the Energizer Bunny, and she was closing that gap. She she was in fifth. She got to fourth. She was closing the gap on the third but never could quite make it. And um, I don't know. She's got Michigan roots, uh, so I've always kind of – identified with her and uh she's a, a whiskey aficionado so how can you not pull for a distance runner that enjoys enjoys a drink so i, I was really hoping to see she her do that again but absolutely but she did not and in her new york city press conference she corrected a reporter who asked her if she would be drinking bourbon or whiskey and she quickly shut him down reminding him that bourbon is whiskey nice. and i mean she's yeah after my own heart with, a, with an answer like that but but yeah she trains up in Charlotte. i mean not just michigan she's in northern oh, michigan she's... she spends a lot of time on on those roads yeah and that yeah, weather I'm... 
I pull for she uh this I don't know why I'm saying this this isn't worth the podcast but I know a guy who shared an elevator ride with her and he (sighs) said he said to me that he thought there was like a 12 or 13 year old girl in the elevator with him until he looked he's like oh my god that's Desi Linden he's a runner as well (laughs) just because she's such a tiny stature that um not the most imposing individual, but she grinded. She came up just short. Um, I don't know. There, I I seriously doubt that she'll be able to make a real effort four years from now because she's just starting to get towards the end of that peak years. But again, she's a grinder, so you can't ever count her out. She's still running Boston this year, uh, which is yeah. She so is. I'm excited to see what she does there. Yeah. Um, one other thing about Des is, and I called this before it happened, but it, as you said, there's no incentive really to win. Top three go, and so the the most disappointing place to finish is fourth place because it's it's really the the best you're gonna do with and get absolutely nothing. And she crossed the line and immediately smiled, congratulated everybody, hugged everybody. She's, I mean, it was she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well, and how she seemed legitimately happy. Uh, maybe it's part because she's been there and done that before. So she's just excited to see these other people get a chance, but I was pulling for, her. yeah, she's just seems like a real class act. Uh, third place, uh, Sally Kipiego. She was struggling by the end. So that's why I really thought Des was going to get her, but she held her off um, and, and ran, ran a good race, was able to, really have a tough effort there in the end you could see on her face just the pain with each step so impressive of her to to hold off des and and get that third spot uh the real story even more than the winner alfine tilmuk who um who won is the second place girl molly seidel i believe that's pronunciation of her name she's uh Mm -hmm. an outstanding runner i think she might even have the record for half marathon multiple NCAA champion in cross country and different events in college at Notre Dame, but she had never run a full marathon before the trials. She qualified with her half marathon and the first marathon she ever ran, she came in a second or two behind uh, Alphine Tillamook who won uh, to go to the Olympics. Also guess, guess what her job is her side job when she's not running a barista. (laughs) like just like a Hollywood story so even those at the very top of this game are still you know have to have a side hustle just to make ends meet and of course course. who um I believe I heard this correctly on the telecast is one of 32 children oh yeah yeah unreal and she herself had a baby um she might have a two or three year old and she was, I, I think, very um, outspoken about how much of a struggle it was to bounce back from pregnancy and giving birth to uh, to getting in running shape just to now be our number one representative in the Olympics. So it was just a pretty heartwarming story. And it was a good the, – the girls' race was much more intriguing just because at, what, mile 20, there was a pack of 10 or 11 people still. It was really tight for yeah. a long time uh, before things started to separate. Alphine and Molly, the first and second people, they kind of got ahead and sort of helped each other out. Then it was a 
does was kind of trying to track starting to track down Sally but never caught her but just a really intriguing rant. Uh, I'm excited to see what these it's ladies can do. Always that way. Sorry, say that again. The the women's races are almost always that way. They're always more interesting than the men's. Yeah. Races. The men's races are always bland and and by the numbers and it's pretty much a pack till somebody makes the move and then it's over and the women just seem to battle more. It's it's always a there's always intrigue. There's always subtlety, and uh, yeah, I far more enjoy watching women. Well, the women's was men's. actually a little less interesting, I thought, in this particular race, just because they um, they all kept it so tight. They were real conservative off the start. The first mile, I think, was like a six thirteen or something, uh, which you know is fast, but for the caliber of runners we have, is not. That's a pretty conservative start. Uh, whereas the guys, there was a lot of people I thought streaking out to the front and failing but i thought that that was a little less tight and more intrigue uh throughout the race but less uh well even that tends to be a little by the numbers but but the women keeping that big pack it just it just to me added to the intrigue like you just wondered when you know when the move was going to be made and how many would go and uh it went you know once it happened it was I mean, it just seemed really abrupt. It just everything just blew up, and then uh, and then it was I just really chaos. thought Des had him right where she wanted him. She was not going to the front. She was just letting people be in front of her, just staying right there. But she just could not keep up with uh, with those other three. Anyway, she is known for running. Her own. Um, yeah. What about the guys? The men. The guys. You know what? I, I hate to say that I'm not really a big fan of Galen. I think he's he's uh, when I hear him talk, he reminds me of the oldest kid in school who doesn't know about Santa yeah. Claus. He just <laughs> he is just a I don't know he's something something's well, he's, off there. Um, um, he's course, associated with Alberto Salazar, who's just got so yeah. much with uh, the performance enhancing drugs and et cetera, that it's like, it's hard to trust anybody that's part of that Nike Oregon project, whatever. So it, it doesn't feel like I can just totally commit to him because I, I can't help but wonder if he's dirty just because of the people he's associated with. And he first came right. on the scene really well. He was uh, an Olympic silver medalist. I want to say in the, the 10,000 meter before he even ever ran a marathon before he even became a marathoner. And, uh, I really took notice of him when the last trials that he won. And, uh, I hope I'm not confusing things, but he had some kind of tight race and it was coming down to the end and he took off his hat and he threw it. And then he like really dropped the hammer and he's a track guy. So he has some nice burners at the end and, and went out and run. I mm-hmm. thought that was so cool that he threw his hat, but now he's done it every race since. It's like, okay, dude, come on. It's completely <laughs> lost its, you know, spontaneity and just like in the moment of competition. I don't know if he's making his like tagline or what, but I saw him throw down the hat when nobody's near him. It's just like, you look like you might win me some shoes here soon. So I'm pulling for you kind of, but uh, come on, enough with the hat thing. Well, how much? How much did that change your opinion? Oh, that he wore me the shoes. Good karma. Yeah, not much. And let's add, he he unnecessarily really shot out to the. He did not need to win by the amount. He well, won by. the thing is, Steve, that and, you you probably didn't catch in the um, 
not being able to hear the telecast, but he's had a rough like two years. Uh, he's had a couple of DNFs. He hasn't really had a good race uh, in a while. So I think yeah. he was making a statement maybe to himself more than anyone else that, you know, he's back. Yeah. I mean, since the Olympics where he came in, he got the bronze medal. I don't know if we mentioned that yet in the Olympics themselves. Yeah. Uh, after winning the trial uh, four years ago, he, he got the bronze medal in the Olympics. Uh, and then he's won Chicago in that time as well. I think he came in second in Boston or something, but he had a nice kind of two years uh, post Olympics. And then two years after that, he's been battling injuries, had some DNFs and just hasn't had a good race in a while. So, um, hasn't thrown so in a while. I think that was why he, he did what he did. And maybe that's why he had to throw off his hat, even though it seemed a bit planned and not as cool to me. Also, he used to always be known for having the holes in his shirt, which I thought was kind of cool. And now, no holes in his shirt anymore. Because in the trials trials four years ago, he had, like, scissor cuts throughout his shirt to, like, less drag or whatever. And then for the actual Olympics, him, Meb, and Jared Ward, who are our three representatives four years ago, they all had, like, design shirts that had holes in them. And I thought, this is going to take over running. I'm going to be seeing holy shirts all over and it never caught on and he doesn't even wear them anymore these are the things i notice and, and talk about i'm sorry <laughs> maybe the swiss team complained maybe so gallon rub one uh second yeah. place was jacob riley do you know anything about this guy Who? i i know he uh he doesn't look like he should have gotten this place i yeah i'm um, eyeballing him he didn't pass the test, but all all respect to him. Uh, it's not just because he's white, because Callan Rupp is white too, but he just has a little bit broader shoulders and just um, I don't know. Just he he looks like an accountant, and I can say that as an accountant. But he did not look <laughs> like a professional athlete, or or even I think he has a little bit broader shoulders too, or something. But it was. Um, Surprising to see him running as fast as he as he was and ran a two ten, had a great race. He uh he came in second and the third place guy, Abdi Abdi Rahman, and I'm sure I'm butchering that, uh, came in third. But it was really seemed like no doubt that uh, Jacob Riley was going to get that second place spot. He really really seemed in control and. did pretty well um and then the third place guy this abdi guy 43 years old yeah he's been around and he's never really lived up to the the hype that i shouldn't say the hype i should say that there's always been a lot of hope for him um he's been to a lot of races um he's always been near the front but he's just never gone over the top so this is good to see because he's really put in his time he's He's, uh, he's due. He, I think, um, I think Gallen definitely expected to win and, um, and, and did that. And, and Riley and Abdi had just, just pure joy, um, crossing that finish line. So that was, that was cool to see the guys that came in for the guy that came in fourth was just a couple seconds behind them. But again, it, it seemed like, 
uh, those dudes, uh, Riley and Abdi, were just in such control that um, that he didn't really have a chance, even though he was only a couple seconds behind. I was kind of pulling for that guy too. Him and somebody else were both wearing these army uh, singlets, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to see. I I don't know what their association is with with the army, but if they had in fact were um, uh, former military people, I thought that would have been kind of cool to see them represent the country in the Olympics. But neither of them were quite able to keep up with the other three. Yeah. Well. That's, that's the nature of the race, I guess. Somebody's somebody's got to finish fourth, and, and unfortunately, in that race, it's it, it's it's the worst place to finish. But what an accomplishment, still. Just like me and your son. I mean, he came in second closest to winning shoes, but only I actually am the he winner. Did. So he was actually over. So he, yeah, it was it was that close. Yeah, if he if Gallon would have like he did start to just soak it in a little bit there at the end, if he would have just like put his head down right through the finish line, uh, might have gotten it for uh, for your son. But you know, yeah, would have made it. Could have made the difference. As soon as he grabbed the flag, I was like, oh, okay, he's he's gonna <laughs> crawl now. But I I was watching projections throughout the race to see who was gonna win and. Uh, yeah, there was it was it just kept moving around and I I look it up and uh, oh see, where it was did you fun. see that because the live broadcast did not provide that they did not provide projected finish time based on pace which annoyed me no they didn't and actually when uh, when when Trump came on and there was no coverage where I was at um, I got on Twitter and just started following different feeds on Twitter so I was keeping up. And then I started seeing projected times and, and all these other little stats that was going on. Hi, Rowan. <laughs> yeah, he's awake. <laughs> Is he too distracting? Oh, he's wide awake. <laughs> you think that's funny? Uh-oh. Like watching dad talk? <laughs> you want to put this pacifier in? <laughs> Dude, he's cracking up. Oh, I smell, somebody I smell why he's cracking up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but so, yeah, how long was Trump speaking for, by the way? I I started to watch a little bit, and then it was like, oh, he's not even going to talk about this coronavirus thing for a while. So then I I, I think it was 10 minutes. Oh, that's not too so, bad. I mean, I guess as long as we're talking races uh, and the coronavirus, we should point out the quick little tale of the Tokyo Marathon, which essentially was canceled for everybody running it except the pros. And that was on uh, NBC Sports that night. And it was almost, uh, it was almost this, I don't know, how do you describe it? It looked like the Omega Man, where you had this empty city with these these people running through the streets, which should have been 30,000 strong. And it was uh, a couple of hundred. It was almost morose. Did you see any of that, Charlie? One of the biggest races in the world. Um actually one of the majors yeah yeah a couple of years ago not even a, that long ago i was kind of had this idea of doing all the world marathon majors and knowing we were gonna start a family uh soonish it was like that one would probably be better to do sooner rather than later i had at one point made a plan to try and get into tokyo 2020 so good thing that didn't actually pan out because I'll disappoint. <laughs> Nobody got their money back either. 
Did you know? Oh, yeah, I didn't realize. No refunds. <laughs> no, I didn't. As usual, I did no research on this. I just brought it up. And wow, that that's awful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I am not smart enough to really comment on coronavirus, but it's like, how many of these things are we going to have that just kind of blow in and blow out? Like, I, I don't know. We don't look things up, so we really shouldn't comment. But it was disappointing to see that such drastic measures had to be taken. So hopefully uh, uh, there's rumors that Boston might have something might happen, but I think that's just wild speculation. I don't think any, anything's really major going to happen here. Or maybe I'm just telling myself that because it's going to be kind of hard to train for a race that might not, I might not be able to go do. So I'm just, well, if you watch the press conference, Trump's got this, so we're set. You're fine. He didn't specifically mention Boston, but we got it covered. Trump's Trump got it talked covered, about buddy. the Boston Marathon? No. I was going to say. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that was the gist of the – I don't know. I honestly didn't watch the press conference, but I was just so irritated that we had to talk about the coronavirus at that point in time. Of all, t- of all time, just all, I just want to watch one marathon. That's all I, I was going to say because uh, Trump has said before that uh, humans have like batteries and you only have so much energy to work out. So if you work out too much, uh, you'll drain your battery. I'm misquoting the man, but he said something to that effect. And how everyone he knows that worked out all the time, their knees are bad. So he's not exactly the most pro runner running uh, individual. So. I was I would have been surprised if he, that would have been appropriate though, you know, gives a shout out to the Boston Marathon when he's interrupting the trials, but that did not happen. That would have would have been very appropriate. And that said, I would like to put my knees up against his knees any day of the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he was a he was a shocking uh, uh, contrast to you know seeing these very lean and fit and by all means uh attractive individuals on screen doing this incredible athletic achievement to uh to him and his stature taking up the entire screen yeah was quite the contrast (laughs) (laughs) so one other that was uh brought in the podcast not in the podcast the broadcast was um Megan Youngren, are you familiar with her and her story? Um, I'm going to say I am, but I'm going to say no, Charlie. <laughs> so uh, tell me about Megan. She is the um, the first trans athlete to make the, uh, I don't know if it's any Olympic trials or just the marathon, but um, yeah, she's a trans woman uh, competing. And the broadcast was just overwhelmingly like, congratulatory and look at this great piece of history but they even said oh, she has no chance of winning basically she's like a 243 marathoner but i just couldn't help but yeah. wonder how different the conversation would have been if you know she had a 225 in her back pocket um contending yeah it's something like she <sighs> The, the rules with the Olympics, uh, so and USATF just matches it, is basically an individual just has to, that transitions just has to prove X number of time or months with 
X amount of testosterone. And she cleared that like by a wide margin, I understand. So everything within the rules, but um, it didn't really, I don't think made that much of a national story just because um, she really is not a contender, but four years from now, what if we do have a trans athlete that, that, you know, has a real shot at making the podium or even, you know, doing more. I just, I think it's going to be a, my guess is they change the rules, but in that time <laughs> that, that this girl, there, there would certainly be a discussion at that yeah. point. And do I think anybody is going to wants to qualify for the Olympics so much that that's the route that they would take? No, I do not. I think that, you know, I'm in full support of any trans individual to be the whoever they want to be and I'll recognize whatever they are. But when it comes to competition that's separated by men and women, I think, I think we need at least need to have a conversation and um, I don't know. I, I don't, doesn't quite sit right that, uh, that, 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 it, that um, even with the lower testosterone that it's, that that's, we're acting like that completely evens the playing field. So something that I'm sure is going to either change. So it's never really brought up again, or uh, if an athlete does get on this big of a stage, it's a trans athlete. I think it's going to be definitely a big part of the conversation. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think at some point we'll have to defer. I shouldn't say defer, but I, I hope, I hope the voices they listen to the most are those, the competitors that are, are the most yeah. affected one way Absolutely. or the other. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's easy, easy for us to say one, you know, what we think, but here we are two dudes on a, on our phone. Any two jerks with uh, smartphones can make a podcast and uh, we're proving that. And, and again, Steve, we're just positive. trying to push the envelope so we can get that first hate mail. Uh, we got close uh, on run junkies <laughs> On the rules for runners, uh, an individual, I don't remember his name, said, because uh, I posed it asking these questions of, like, do treadmill miles count? Can you wear headphones during a race? All these questions answered by the running buds. Somebody commented on the podcast, when do you guys actually answer these? <laughs> like, uh, can I just skip your babbling and get through this clickbait title you gave? and get to it so but no nothing true like you guys are idiots or i hate what you said about this yeah um, eventually we'll get there steve we'll get that hate that's just personal that just means we're not getting to the point it's that's 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 the most like hurtful kind of hate yeah now. i did tell him seven thirty. just skip to that and that's when we start roundabout <laughs> We do have a slider uh, down at the bottom of your screen. There's a slider. So, oh, and this is Just probably a good. Slider, slider the uh, Scott, yeah. who we we brought up earlier, he's like, my commute's forty minutes. You think you can just tighten it up <laughs> to get these episodes in forty minutes? And I said, uh, no, no, we're we're gonna make them whatever they are. But uh, you can listen to us at least in Spotify. I don't know if other uh, uh, platforms have it, but uh, a sped up version. You can do 1.2 times the speed, uh, which I like to do for when I listen to podcasts, 1.52. And if you're an absolute psycho, you can listen at three times the speed. I don't, I don't know, but 1.2 seems good to me because 
Uh, you guys can hear us a lot faster than we can talk, so uh, that will make the episodes uh, a little faster if you have a commute or just uh, want to get yeah. through it. So that's what I recommend on Spotify. If you want, if you want the illusion, we're even more quick-witted than we yes. already are. Speed us up. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Steve, you got anything else regarding the, uh, the trials? I have, yeah, I do. I have how we can be reached. Yes, please. Yeah, we're on Twitter, and uh, I think that's probably what we use the least, but I still pop in there once in a while, and we still get interactions, believe it or not. But we're at uh, Bloods Running is our handle at Twitter. Uh, we're on Gmail, and we've been getting uh, a, quite amount of feedback. Charlie, I don't know yes. if you noticed, but um, our our Gmail address is budsrunning at gmail.com. And of course we're on Facebook as of uh, last episode. Yeah, just, so running hit us Buds up on podcast Facebook. on Facebook and, and you should find us. And that's where yeah. we really share probably the most articles and pictures, et cetera. So please give us a follow on there. Thank you everyone who has, uh, thank you everyone that's been sending us emails. We, we got to do a mailbag uh, eventually, maybe the next episode we will. Um, also, I can give a little preview for our next episode as well. Um, we're going to be talking about first-time marathons, and we actually have a first-time marathoner, believe it or not, who volunteered to talk to me uh, Friday night, uh, so two nights before he ran a marathon, Sunday morning, and then Sunday night, so right after he ran his first marathon. So be before and after he spoke yeah. to you and told you about yes, his experience? Yes, and there's a definitely a noticeable wow. difference in his energy and tone <laughs> before <laughs> and after. So Jeff Sperlin um, with the Run Junk. Oh, I can't He ran one city marathon. Yeah, so uh, I got like 10 minutes of him before and 10 minutes after. And uh, so <sighs> that's, oh, I can't that's what we're going to do next time. I can't. I can't wait to mailbag, hear the regret in his voice. Crack open the mailbag, talk about first marathons, and, and do that in the next one. Uh, All right. I think after my butchering of Cool and the Gangs celebrate, uh, we should we should end the episode with that. Celebrate our American athletes that are going to represent us that, that ran an awesome race, and uh, celebrate my free shoes, and uh, close this one out with Cool and the Gang. How's that sound, Steve? That sounds amazing. Until next time, thank you, Running Buds. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Running Buds. <laughs>